0: you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
1: Hockey. Yeah. yeah.
0: My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show. The first edition with Declan Goff, the regular season underway. The Wild winning 2-1 against the Ducks on Friday. Coming back Mm -hmm. on Saturday, winning 3-2 against the Kings. The The old school furious rallies in my opinion are now gone this team is resilient and in those uh first two games have been impressive but i think what we should do here is i think it's time two games into an 82 game schedule over reactions i think it's time to because it's two games in so like let's break it down let's talk about it but also being fully aware of the fact that our our need to make uh, declarative statements right now within a month could be proven completely wrong But I'm going to start you with this one after watching two games. And it's sort of confirmation of what you have expected to happen. And again, it is, in fairness, uh, what, six periods? So it's early. I encourage us to keep that in mind. But um, my first assessment, and I've got a bunch of them here, but my first assessment of the first two games is this one. Kevin Fiala looks like a guy who not only is ticked off, and rightfully so, that instead of receiving a multi-year contract, not what Kaprizov got, but something probably in that neighborhood or ballpark, got a one-year, $1.5 million deal. Kevin Fiala in the first two games looks like he is intent, and this is good news short term, very intent on not just being a flashy player, but in finally bringing fairly consistently, not all the time, but fairly consistently, the elements of what the Wild has wanted to see for quite some time. I love him on the penalty kill. Um, I feel like in in the first two games that he looked like a more complete player. Now, I don't know, Declan Goff, if this lasts. That becomes the key question. Does he keep this in mind uh, for multiple games and multiple months? But your guy, Kevin Fiala, looks to me like he is trying to fulfill the requirement that the Wild has set, which is, we need you to be a more complete player.
1: Yeah, this is this is a good sign for him. He obviously spent a good amount of time with Frederick Goudreau and Victor Rask in the first two games. There was a few moments even I, I noticed that uh, he was out there with Kirill Kaprizov, not a ton, but there was a couple shifts where he ended up getting there. And, yeah, this is exactly the player that I've talked about, the player that I expect him to be. And you can tell that after everything that's transpired this offseason with him not getting that contract, that he's coming in here pissed off. And – Now, we've seen that from him before, though. We've seen him play with his head on fire. He's just kind of that player overall. But the fact he's being trusted on the penalty kill, and like you said, this could be a volatile situation. It might not last. There might be a situation where he ends up being exposed and in the wrong place or doesn't pick up his man and and he absolutely could uh, get burned there. But Fiala looks like a man possessed. I I think that is a very good first uh, reaction after these first two games. And look, the Ducks and... Kings aren't going to be anything special. Um, I think the Ducks might end up being the best of those three. We'll have to wait and mm. see. Um, mm. uh, but uh, even even watching both those games uh, this weekend, back-to-back, Talbot getting both starts, uh, but I thought Kevin Fiala showed up in a big way. He was noticeable. You know what? Hey, Frederick Goudreau, too. Goudreau getting power play time, which was... I yeah. can't tell if that is going to be a thing all season. I can't tell if, if that's just Dean Evason throwing that second unit of bone and some guys have to play it. Um, I'll see if that one lasts long. But in general, Kevin Fiala has been impressive in those first two games.
0: I think the thing with Kevin is this. So he's had games for sure, and he's had stretches where he plays, where he's clearly ticked off. And, and so he plays hard. It's actually in those time periods where at times he takes some dumb penalties. Um, and that's one side of Kevin Fiala playing possessed. What I saw in these first two games, and especially last night, was a guy who appears dedicated and now the question becomes can this continue but he appears more dedicated to being a complete player which is exactly what bill garen and evison want from him they want him to be a complete player they yep. and he made a play late i think it was in last night's game where he decided to try and get fancy in the third period around the king's blue line mm-hmm. uh, which is not a good idea no. but I have also seen, I think, several examples of where he's being more of a complete player who appears dedicated to what he's supposed to do, which is, yes, of course, score goals and get get points. That's his main forte, but also do more, play uh, play an aggressive yet not dumb style. Yep. And like, if he can turn that corner, he's going to get paid. It probably won't be here because he he's he's going to eventually, uh, at some point in time, likely price himself out of what the wild can afford to pay because of their cap situation. Um, But yeah, I don't know if what we're seeing, I don't know if what we've seen in these first two games is the, I'm mad or I'm motivated to do Mm -hmm. what they're telling me. And if you get that guy, it's fantastic. Cause now, cause now you trust him. Let me give you this too about Dean. And I I don't know if Billy, Billy has a call uh, in this or not. Dean Evason's willingness to play him on the PK. I love. Like I think that's because there's a lot of coaches who would not do that. They'd say, "Yeah, you know, he's really good offensively, but I can't trust him." Yep. Dean's challenging him, and he seems to be buying in to that challenge. And the thing about a guy like Fiala killing penalties is he can be aggressive and make plays, and he can because he is a power play staple guy. He sees plays coming and can anticipate them defensively and create scoring chances. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you right now, one of my favorite things to watch in this sport, aggressive PK. Like, yeah. I hate when you're laying back and you're like, I'm responsible, I'm just going to be responsible, and almost timid. Um, this, to me, if you're going to have a PK that is actually going to be aggressive and try and get goals and points, I love that. I mean, I'm not saying be dumb, but I am saying the anticip- anticipatory nature of a guy like Fiala can be impressive.
1: I think too. Uh, Dean said in the pregame going into it that they they want for, want him on the PK for those exact reasons that he can springboard plays and he has the ability to change plays like that. Uh, your other points too with Fiala that I noticed in the first two games was especially I noticed this a lot against the Ducks in the opener on Friday. Um, they were setting up set plays for him. You know that's that's interesting because I also feel like even though he's a very talented offensive player. Um, yep. Obviously, it, it's no question that, you know, Kirill Kaprizov is yeah, the most talented player, but Kevin is second. And they were just drawing up plays for him off of faceoffs, which is, I think, an inc- number one, incredibly difficult to do. It's really easy to come up with the idea for it, but they were coming up with set plays for him because they know he was hungry that game and they know he's able to, to score really easily because he just has a hell of a good shot. So I think that's also a good sign that the Wild are just, they're believing in him. Um, they're giving him the tools to try to say, hey, what player do you want to be? Do you want to be a player um, that can also turn around the second part of your game and become an all-around player? And and then in theory, you know, that would obviously make him a higher-paid player. And when we had Greg Wyshynski on uh, from ESPN the other day, mm-hmm. you know, he I asked him, I said, you know, how are they going to pay him? Because it just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to pay him long-term. And Greg brought up a good point that, you know, well, sometimes, and this happens in hockey more than any other sport, is that players will buy into a team and buy into a culture. Now, I think Kevin, at the end of the day, is going to want the, the team that extends him the most money. Right. But I will say, the Wild are in a good position because with the RFA rights, um, they kind of have a say on where he goes. So another team can offer him an offer sheet. and We've seen that kind of bite some other teams in the past, but I think that right. actually helps his negotiations.
0: Yeah, I think the question with him becomes, what type of, what type of deal does he potentially sign after 2021-22? Because he could say let's go short term and then hit the market here within the next year after that um i wonder what the what the reaction is going to be long term from him about not being given a long-term contract this time like does he say it actually worked and i played great and i'll stay here or does he say you didn't trust me i showed you i'm gone like that's a good question i don't know um, I, I tend to agree with what you just said, which is he's going to probably take what he can get elsewhere. But yeah, the, after this year, it's going to be very intriguing to see what he does because he will be restricted for another season and then be eligible for unrestricted free agency, what, after 2022-23? So yeah, that that's a good question. But if he's going to commit himself to becoming a complete player, watch out, that's great news. What's your take on Goudreau? Uh, Because he's looked good, um, but he has played just uh, before he scored last night, his first goal with the Wild. He has six goals in 105 career games with the Preds and the Penguins. And I see a player, again, it's training camp and then two games in. I see a player that is definitely probably giving them on the ice what they hoped Benino would. I mean, mm-hmm. Benino, I think was a second line, if I'm not mistaken. Second line center to start last year, uh, got demoted eventually to the fourth line. Eventually got placed on the wing. Um, great locker room guy, but certainly, I don't think he had, I don't think he, he had as much left in the gas tank um, on the ice as they expected. Goudreau looks to me to be a better player for sure. But the stats I just gave you, like he's had chances. He's not really young. So what? What's your take on? how long he, he could potentially keep this up. And is he a second line guy throughout the course of a season, or do you think he regresses and becomes a little bit what Nick what Nick was, which is by the end of the year, Nick was a very valuable, but he was still a fourth line winger.
1: Yeah. I, I think with Goudreau, he was noticeable in some positive ways um, on on Friday. Uh, and on Saturday, uh, he looked like he was a player that was complimenting Fiala well the the hard part is his, his projections are just tough because he's literally, I mean, you know, just a quick math gear, he's only played 76 games since 2018. And so it's it's hard to really project a future for him because he hasn't played that many games. That being said, he's looked pretty solid playing alongside Kevin Fiala and Victor Rask. They're maximizing Fiala and want him to be a responsible player. That line in general is starting in the offensive zone a ton, um, I know that's a small sample size through two games, but yep. they've they've started in the offensive zone 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. So that shows that they're actually trusting them to be in the offensive zone more and and create more offense. I think it's just let's wait and see with him because I, I think with his such small sample size of games played, and even though he has looked good, I mean, I, I will say he's looked good. He's looked fine. He's looked fine. Maybe is probably the better assessment. Come on, he's speed. looked fine. Yeah, he's definitely a little more. He's, he has more talent than I thought he would bring. Yeah, me too. Um, but I'm curious and how, and also how much time he just spends on that second power play unit because he just doesn't seem like a guy in general that should be anywhere near a power play unit. But I mean, hey, it, it's working right now, so you can't really fault him there too much. But so far, he's looked. He's looked all right. I think he's looked all right.
0: Two games in, th- those are two things that are positives. I'm going to give you one and again, overreaction. It's six it's six periods of hockey in a uh, in a year that has 80 regular season games left. Um my sense is the Yule Eriksson Eck Zukarello Caprisov line is trying to be too cute. Okay. Like like they're the top line, they are. They know it. And I feel like they're try I feel like they're trying to do too much that goes outside of they're just really damn good. Mhm. It feels like they're. It feels like they're pressing for success, as opposed to allowing things to come to them. Which, by the way, they will. Uh, I'm not saying that they look bad. I am saying that that it was intriguing to me that in the game against the Kings on Saturday, that the goal from that line came with Ericssonek off after I think a penalty kill, and Victor Rask, who scored the goal, um, playing between Zuccarello and Kaprizov. So. My feeling is it's going to be fine. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be really good, but I think that they are pressing to be like we are the top line, and and that has probably hindered them more through two games than helped them.
1: Yeah, i I think that they've been okay. Um, you know that that that's obviously going to be their number one line for sure. And and Zuccarello and Kaprizov have had great chemistry uh, dating back to last season. Um, and in general, yeah, I mean, I. You know these are our overreactions, so you know it's not fun to just say everything's hunky dory and fine, and we can break down X's and O's of hockey. Um, You know I I would love to see that line get a little bit more run. They didn't, like I said, they didn't spend a ton of time together, but there were moments on Friday and Saturday where both Kaprizov and Fiala were on the ice together, and I'm just curious if they explore that more. That was something I was calling for a lot last season. They explored it in the postseason last year when the Wild were down in the third period against Vegas um, a decent amount. Uh, so I'm I'm curious if those two end up playing together a little bit more. They'll obviously play power play together. That's right. expected. Uh, right. But I'm curious too, just in general, how Golleryx and Eck kind of makes that next jump into an actual first line role. We'll see how well those three gel together.
0: I'm telling you, I think that I think the key for him will be maintaining the player that he is. So like, if he can't see himself as well, now I'm I'm Mr. Skill, right? Like he can't. He can't see his career or his current assignment on that first line through the prism of, well, I got to make Kaprizov look good. Zuccarello look good. What he needs, he basically needs to play the exact way that he has played for the last year plus now, because he's going to end up being, I think the guy that does a lot of the work it's greasy, but that's him. And, and Zuccarello is such a good passer and Kaprizov, is such a phenomenal talent. He made a pass last night on a goal that was just incredible again. Um, I think that Eric Sinek has to accept the fact that nobody's asking more from him and that his play, just like he did with Greenway and Felino will translate absolutely fine. And when all three get on that page, I think it's going to be a very good line. I just see them, and I'm not surprised. I just see them trying to do too much mm-hmm. and and that's in this sport especially you get in trouble. I think you got to back off, relax, play your role, and you'll be uh fine absolutely great
1: yeah i I think so in general too uh you know Ryan Hartman is now kind of slid into that spot for him on the on the other checking line, so I'm, I'm curious how that goes I mean you know just to piggyback or to jump to an, a new question here, what did you think though of Talbot getting both knots, both nights?
0: Um, I think that's an indicator of what's to come pre-Olympic break, okay? Because this is a very important discussion. Okay. Uh, Because the season in March is going to change. You cannot start a goaltender back-to-back, to 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 back-to-back. I mean, look at that. The the Olympic break in February is going to create havoc with schedules in March. Um, But I think what we saw, back-to-back starts in the first two games for Cam, is very much they're going to ride him. Uh, now, the question becomes, how, how do you walk that fine line so that when you return from the Olympic break that um, that Kapo can start and be effective? He needs to play. I am, it's 2021. You need two goaltenders. You can't just start one. But I'm getting the sneaky uh, suspicion. That's not surprising. I'm getting the sneaky suspicion that if they have the opportunity before March to ride Cam Talbot, they're going to. Hmm. You?
1: Yeah, I, I was a little surprised he got both nods. I also just you know, he didn't have the best preseason too, and I just don't think they really trust Capo Cochran long term. Um it, it stinks that you don't you don't want to see another and I know this isn't a perfect example, you don't want to see another Darcy Camper situation where you just you give up on a goalie young and then he blossom somewhere else. And you know, right. Darcy being a little different, I think he's just more of a mental head case but uh I I was a little surprised by it that being said I thought Talbot did look great in both games um yep. he had I mean that save at the end in on Friday night I mean they the Ducks almost tied the game with 7 seconds left after the Wild took the lead and yep. he came up huge on a buzzer beating save so I thought he was good um you know last season he was just average and that's what the Wild needed but I I don't think the Wild can just get average goaltending this year. They're gonna they're gonna need above average goaltending if they're really serious about making a run.
0: And you have to have two. Mm-hmm. Like you can't have a well, Capo's here, but he he plays you know sparingly. I mean, Kapal is gonna have to play. And again, look at that schedule when they come back after the Olympics in March. Look at that schedule and how it lays out. Like you, every team that doesn't have two capable goaltenders in that. Uh, portion of the schedule is going to be in trouble so if they don't trust him they better get up to speed on trusting him that doesn't mean that Talbot is not and he he is right now he's their clear-cut top goaltender I get that but this is not 1986 where you said well we got Grant Fear and then some guy
1: and he, you know, he started like 70 something games with the Oilers when they were, you know, and then they had one yeah, of their better they, years, like four or five years ago. And then he yeah, got, he was just, he got burnt and then he yeah. got burnt out. So yes, yeah. I agree. I mean, you know, I, I really don't think you should be starting a goaltender more than 60 times, more than 55, 60 times a season. You just And if he gets that.
0: hurt, Dex, like you right. gotta have, a, you gotta have a guy behind him now. You mm-hmm. can't do that. Um, but that, that being said he started the first two games my guess is he'll definitely start Tuesday's home mm-hmm. opener against the jets uh but then you go back to back again at the x on Saturday and Sunday
1: mhm
0: capo's got to get one
1: of those yeah games. he gets one of those like you've sure.
0: got to give him one game and you de- and you can't abandon him and then say okay now you're playing right like you got to have confidence right so next thing overreactions declan the wild power play is 1 for 6 yeah, it's only no. one 1 for 6. Um they scored a goal. I believe it was your guy again Kevin Fiala on on Friday night. Mm-hmm. They were th- they then had they were actually 1 for 5 on Friday. They were 0 for 1, a point that bugged the head coach to no end. They were 0 for 1 one whole power play against the Kings. Uh this is another unit, especially that first one. I think is going to be fine. I'm not concerned. The power play started so bad last year that I actually was like, what's going on? Like this thing looks awful. But when you've got the skill set that this team has and and the ability to move the puck, I think that I think the first power play group for sure is going to absolutely be fine.
1: Yeah. I think the first unit's fine. The second unit does have, I think concerns. I mean, like I said, if Frederick Goudreau is playing power play time, I, I have questions there. Um, but I think in general, yeah, he's that, your second center. that I know he is, <laughs> what are you going to do? I know. And like Victor is Rask. Do you trust Rask to play the second power? Play? I mean, maybe he wins face-offs and if you just plant him in the offensive zone, maybe you don't get a worry about I like about what it. they've done to Rask. Yeah.
0: Fourth line wing, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, or, I'm well, sorry. You no, know, he's the second line wing. He's the second line wing with, yeah, but, and but he's a wing. But yeah. He's a yep. wing now. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not too worried about, about the, uh, about, about the first unit at all.
0: I, I think if Rask is used appropriately, I'm fine. It yep. was it was when you had him. He just can't. He literally. I mean, he's not terrible, um, but Victor Rask Declan cannot keep up when he is with consistently with mm-hmm. Kaprizov. Like oh, he just can't keep up. So if he <laughs> is a second line wing, which by the way, so so here's what I like. I got a sneaky suspicion. Victor Rask, in some ways, is the 2021-22 Nick Benino. Easily see him on the fourth line at some point. Winger. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, that's fine, right? That's yeah. fine. It, it doesn't offend me. Then. No. Um. I was mu- I was far more concerned about the fact that he was consistently being asked to be the centerman on a line with which he really didn't belong. And and yes, they. I get it. He stepped in. They scored. I'm just convinced that long-term Erickson Eck is going to be a far better fit for what those two guys do than Rask was. Because one, I think he can keep up.
1: Yep. Uh, another overreaction from me, uh, yes, my overreaction is I'm not ready yet to apologize for my Marcus Felino take, which I don't know if you were planning to bring up with me. He's off he to obvi- a great start. He obviously is off I to a nice start here. Got in a goal, got an assist. He has two points. Yep. Um, you know, I texted with another hockey analytics friend of mine, over the weekend after the Saturday game. And I asked, you know, I, I said that there is no way a guy who doesn't score more than 30 points in a season can contain a 55-point season, right? Sure. And he said, yeah, for the most part, that's probably the right take. You know, you're, you're correct in that assessment. But also, I mean, if Felino's if not going to get power play time, and I'm, Judd, I'm not sure if he was on that second unit or not, off the top of my head at least, um, but Let me check my notes. if he's not getting top power play time, he's definitely not going to be a fifty-five point dude. Um, that being said, he's looked great, and you know, is this I, he just had? Because I, I, got some ads, I got a lot of ads this weekend saying, "Oh, there's your boy Felino having a great start." And I know you mentioned the part of, well, I don't really care what his offensive numbers are necessarily Correct. because he brings something to the team that is unquantifiable uh, in a box score. Um, but in general, no, I'm not ready to apologize for Marcus Flano take, but I'm, I'm happy that he's playing well. I'm obviously not going to be upset that he's, uh, not, that, he's, that he's scoring goals.
0: Make no mistake, with the new construction of this roster and locker room, Marcus Flano is the, now the complete heartbeat, the heart and soul of this mm-hmm. team. Like, he was largely last year, but now the transformation is complete. He is. So, yeah, I just you, – your um, your reasons why he w- was going to regress a bit with the statistics and his uh, shooting percentage from 2021, I'm sure, are spot on. Like, you're probably right. I just don't care. I don't care because he's so important to the fabric of this team. And I just go back to thinking about all the – Whining and moaning in the, uh, to to quote your guy Bruce, the woe is us guys. (laughs) Oh, oh, you know, oh man, we didn't get a lot. Yeah, woe is me. Woe is our (laughs) whole team. Marcus Fellino doesn't allow that crap and I love it. And so I don't care. Like, if he gets points, awesome. If he doesn't get points, he comes to play. It's a cliche. I understand that. But seriously, watch him, focus on him. He never stops. The motor never stops. And to uh to go back to your question the second power play is Ryan Hartman, Goudreau, Felino, uh Dumba and and Goligosky. The first power play, Fiala and Spurgeon on the points. Hartman was out there last night. Mm-hmm. Uh Ericssonek, Kaprizov. Yeah. So but yeah, I, I, the the you might be right. Statistically, Felino might be great or he might not be. But my God, what that guy brings from an intangible standpoint, this is what sure. and this is where the sport's weird because you will get pushback. Oh, well, he's got to do, you know, well, I mean, you're that's your eye test, Zolgad. I test this, I test that. I've got the stats here. But when you watch that guy in the corners and the workman like crap he does, I mean, mm-hmm. those guys are hard to find because he is talented. But more importantly, the motor never stops, which leads me to this. Okay. Let me give you an overreaction two games in about one of the forward lines. What I consider to be the true third line, Ryan Hartman is a perfect fit. Hartman, Greenway, and, you know, Jordan can be up, up and down. I get that. But you bring Hartman's intangibles because he's another guy who doesn't stop. And Foligno, Um, I always felt, and I think I'm right, Ericson Eck Eck is a workman-like player, but he's really good. I, he, he's a good player. And I always felt like, you know, he's really talented to be like stuck on that line. Yeah. um Ryan Hartman is perfect for that line. Like, I love that line. That line, if you think Ericsson Eck bugged guys, Ryan Hartman was in Doughty's face and then scored and then stared him down on Saturday Night Declan, right? Like that is, again. That goes back to the wild teams. When's the last time we saw that? Like when's the last time we saw an in your face bleep you? I might not be as good as you, but I just outworked you. When's the last time we saw that from this franchise?
1: Haven't had it. They they, they, they have not had that player in maybe ever. Um I, I like Ryan Hartman a lot. Um you know, he, he was a first round pick with Chicago and and you know, probably doesn't hit his ceiling of the player he was supposed to be, but he's carved out a very nice career. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think him filling that role of basically Joel Eriksson from a year ago and you just swap those two is the right, is the right play. Ryan Hartman should be nowhere near Kuro Kaprizov and you need to figure out if Joel yes. Eriksson is the right player. And, yes. that, and and that's not a, it's not a, oh. that's not a slap to Ryan Hartman. It's just, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, he shouldn't be playing with him and vice versa. Kaprizov deserves something better and you need to see if Joel Eriksson Ek is indeed a top-line center as well. So I, I think, honestly, it's a, it's a win-win situation for both sides.
0: Yep, and Kirill is... Kirill's not playing great yet, and he's still so damn fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still making passes, making plays. It is... It's phenomenal to see a player in the wild sweater hmm. who can do what he does, and you're still like, well, that's not that great yet. No. He's still making... He made a pass again last night. I'm telling you. the pass, It was like... If... Eighty-nine percent of guys who have come through here made that pass. We'd be like, "Oh my god, what an unbelievable pass!" With Kaprizov, you're like, "Oh man, nice pass." Okay, next play, Kirill. <laughs> next expectation, Koril. Did you? I I've got a question because I got a uh, full disclosure for you. Okay. Um, Friday night. Now I don't get. I don't yet get ESPN Plus. I'm got a new cable box that I found out I couldn't hook up yet. I need some help. From my Xfinity folks, okay. So, but I get Hulu, and I thought that I would then get the game. Well, it turns out we don't get Hulu Live, which I think is what you needed to get the game. Yeah. So, so we've got Hulu, we got a package uh, that Dawn gets, but it's not. It didn't have the game, and so I was I was forced to um, tune into the game on the good old fashioned my radio wow. and and uh, monitor Twitter. I don't think I have ever seen a more negative reaction to a telecast slash broadcast as I did to that one. How bad as a guy who watched it, how bad was it
1: for Friday's game?
0: Yeah. With uh Hextall and Boucher. It was fine. Okay. People I, were I had, I had no
1: issue with it. Um, no, I, I thought Clearly Hextall, Hextall. Did, did, did a nice job. Um, okay. I didn't hear it. I, I love ESPN plus. I love this. I think this is great for the game. Um, and then even yesterday, I have figured out new ways to just now watch ESPN Plus with the Wild game so I can just now watch the opposing broadcast. And even oh, nice. on Saturday, I got the Kings. And last year, because the Wild were in the the you know, the Discover California division, which those right. future teams, um, right. Alex Faust, who's one of the best play-by-play guys in the business, he's a young up-and-comer. I mean, he, he could very well be the voice of the NHL in five or ten years because he's so damn young. Um, but they did a great job. I thought the Kings' broadcast was awesome, and then I know the viral clip went around of Drew Doughty, um, you know, tongue in cheeky, making fun of Kirill Kaprizov for getting a contract, which sets wild Twitter on fire. Which is like, okay, yeah. let's ha- let's have a little bit of awareness. It's Drew Doughty here. too, and it's Drew Doughty. Like, if
0: I'm about street cred,
1: if 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 it was some slappy, as you like to say, third wow. line pairing that they were interviewing on the telecast, like if like if Brad Hunt. If Brad Hunt said that, I know Brad played with the Wild, but if equivalent Brad Hunt said that about Kirill Kaprizov, tee off on him. That's that's correct. Drew Dowdy's a two-time Cup winner, a all, multi-time All-Star, a Norris finalist uh, in his career. Like, and also he's being funny. That's the whole point.
0: Well, He laughs I, at his own joke. I, yeah. I
1: don't. I don't. You know my thoughts. On the BSN, me and Patrick Royce, have very, and you too, have very strong thoughts on the BSN here and locally in Minnesota. Yep. And I will do everything in my power to watch the opposing broadcast. And I did not notice anything on Friday that was... So you didn't mind on Friday? No, I thought it was fine. Okay, because Twitter was, was
0: aflame with with gripes about her announcing and play-by-play, and I oh didn't see it. So oh boy. in fairness, I'm not passing judgment. Okay, I, I was trying to get yours. Uh, The last thing I've got is this. Speaking of the BSN... Network. Mm. and network um, and BSN North Ryan Carter. Yeah. You have made strides. Really? You know what he did last night? No, tell he me pointed out issues, talked Ooh. about the first line, the wilds first line, not looking great. He found, he didn't like pick them apart. He, I wouldn't say he criticized them, but he certainly brought up constructive points about what they weren't doing right at times. And I don't know if, um, if, if, Billy G ripped off the band-aid and said, hey, if we're not playing well, because I mean Ryan Carter played, he sees things. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's not like he's dumb. No. He sees things. But um I was I hope this continues because it wasn't, he wasn't going off and he wasn't being controversial. But you know how we never got that previously? Like Walls would do it sometimes. So I I do give Wes credit because I think Wes has the credibility to also criticize. But I didn't feel last year that Carter criticized much or like broached up. Hey, you know, Kaprizov and and Zuccarello and aren't playing great brought up things last night that I said, yeah, you know what? He's right. That's a great point. So, again, I don't know if this is credit to to the BSN folks or if this is credit to just Carter himself or Garen saying, hey, if we're not playing great, tell people. But big step last night as far as ryan carter's development goes and i thought that was great
1: how much did they because i didn't didn't watch the local telecast how how much did they talk about the parisian suitor and just culture buyouts Um, did did they bring that up at all kind of stay away
0: yeah no they talked about the open of the show was was basically one whole veiled package at those two okay and and that wasn't lapanta and carter as it was basically the the okay we're about to roll into the season narration of you know these guys are gone and i think it was lapanta doing it but it wasn't do i think it was taped uh but you know talking about so basically what they did in the open decks was they played they talked about at one point the fact that felino and dumba had been named um alternate captains uh-huh. or assistant captains they talked about that and then they played Felino standing up and saying everyone in this room we care about what you think it's a great quote um but then they're basically like and then you know and that's not how you know things are changing so it was one big not so i i should say veiled shot at how that room ran which they're right i just you know two years ago thought it might have been appropriate to bring it up then
1: Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Kings broadcast uh, mentioned numerous times about this, those buyouts and also crediting Bill Guerin and saying how they want young players to have voices in the room. Yes. Um, and I thought that was interesting that an opposing broadcast brought that up. I wasn't sure if, if the local broadcast brought that up, so I was curious on that. Uh, Judd, also quickly before we wrap, we are giving away at Score North five, uh, five pairs of the Wild Preds game on October 24th which I believe is next Sunday. Uh, And all you have to do to enter is go to the score North app and click under the listening rewards tab. Just hit enter. Uh, We'll we'll be drawing that prize on October 21st. So we'll be driving that later this week. But if you want tickets to wild and Preds, go to the score North app, um, Apple or on the Google play store, click listening rewards, click enter. Um, No, Judd and I can't win, unfortunately this time. Uh, But, but if you want tickets to wild and Preds, go check it out. And also with college students, college nights discounts are back this season. Wild tickets start at just thirty nine bucks. There are a few games to choose from each month. Find out more at wild. dot com slash theme packs.
0: Very nice. And just to so, if you are trying to do the math in your head, October twenty first is Thursday. So enter mm-hmm. now. Yes. For a Sunday game, I believe it's an early puck drop, it's right, f- Dex? It's
1: a five o'clock one. Five there's, o'clock. There's no bikes. Oh, there's no bikes, So you got you got. Well, you and got.
0: guess who's back in town? Yeah. Granlund. Cunnin. Cunnin. Over to Grandland
1: players goes. It low.
0: used to be Halla, but now he's in Boston. I'm, I'm
1: telling you, man. I I I know Bedino was an important player to that room. I I don't like trading young players. I I I'm curious if Conen. He was pretty much the same player he was. I can tell you right, I don't like. I that. can tell you right
0: now. Bill Guerin now agrees completely. One reason why this team is out on Eichel for sure is they ain't gonna trade their future assets now. Yeah, Boldy's not being traded rossi beckman i think there's a list of guys now because they've actually got they've got guys Mm -hmm. young players Mm -hmm. in the minors that are good now yeah and i think that they have a i think that they saw it doesn't take much if you look at what fletcher was willing to do and there are definitely years and times to go hog wild all in i agree with that but if you look at what fletcher probably did you know because he just gave away draft picks I think there's a feeling that, that that's how your system gets set back, right? Yep. So, yeah, no, um, I'm pretty sure that kind and my only question about him now, too, is, I mean, that room was broken up for a purpose, and we don't know – like, sure. we have a very loose idea because I, I always thought that Luke was potentially a uh, future captain because he, he was, he what, was. captain of, I think, the U.S. junior team and that the won the World Championship and the Badgers. So Luke, to me – Struck me as a guy who definitely could have been at some point in time here a future captain. But um, it's interesting if you look at the parts that were disassembled, it's almost like there was a definite purpose there too. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we go, what's our plan for Tuesday? Because as we talked about before, the Wild's going to open against the Winnipeg Jets at the X on Tuesday.
1: So we will, yes, the Wild play at Tuesday, game at home against the Jets, and then Judd and I will uh, we'll have a reaction to that afterwards. We'll, we'll be doing... Of, of more podcasts and whatnot. We uh, got the schedule, but uh, I just know where you tell me to go. Yeah, yeah. Executive and, but, producer. And then game prediction wise, yeah, I think uh, I think the Wild get another win at home. Jets will be good, man. Jets Jets are back. Connor Helenbuck uh, in Jets goal probably. Yeah, I you know he was a he he didn't win Vesna last year, right? I believe he was runner up. I can't remember if he was runner up or if he won the award. No, but, uh,
0: uh, Flower won it last Flower. year. But Mark Andre Flory won it last but year. But he was Vegas. a damn
1: good goalie and and you could say was the second best goalie in the league I need to see it one more time. I don't know. I I just need, a, I need to I see think, it one more time.
0: I think I two know. of the last 3 years he's been really good. Yeah. Um yeah, and the Jets their biggest thing, they finally addressed their defensive core cuz that's mm-hmm. the thing that fell off the bleeping yep. map. Their their defensive core used to be great and then um they traded some guys. I think they lost a guy or two to free agency and um the big guy retired on them. So oh, yeah,
1: Dustin uh, Bufflin.
0: Yeah. Dustin yeah. Bufflin. So, yeah. all right, we all right, are uh, done. We'll talk to you within the next couple of days though, because uh, this thing is just getting started and we're going to bring as much of Judd's hockey uh, show to you as humanly possible. Declan.
1: Pass shoot score.